This morning, I would like to build on the instructions uh, that you have already received. We emphasizing the importance of an anchor. I look at an anchor at as a, a home, a place where you can stay. And when you go to visit other areas, you always, you can always come back home. You can come to Uganda, you can go everywhere, but you can always come back home. So, and for me, I use the breath as an anchor because it's easy to observe. You don't have much, you don't need much training to really breathe out, in and out. And it's always there. Available, so though sometimes I forget. When I was learning how to type, those days they had a typewriter. We had to master what you call home keys, and you had to keep your hands there all the time. Then when you're typing up and down like this, and once you mastered that, you can do whatever you want. You can even close your eyes and start typing. So the same thing when you really. Uh, kind of become comfortable with your home, which is the breath, if you choose that to be an anchor, you, you can be lost in thoughts and emotions and always come back. So it's really very important, uh, especially when there's a lot of storms, thoughts, and, and you're really anchored. And I lived in Thailand for two years and I saw how they're doing it for the boat. They would throw an anchor and winds would come, we'd keep on drifting the boat in different directions, but it was always in one place, shifting just a little bit. So the same thing I do in meditation. I really find out a place where I feel more comfortable, in this case, the breath. So I'll start with this instruction today, uh, slowly, gradually, and uh, uh, taking you through sounds and grounding yourself in a body, and then the breath as an anchor. So let's begin with settling in the present moment. Let go of the past and future. And I'd like, to, uh, I'd like to invite you to be aware of sound. That's part of actually the full foundation of mindfulness. It's called mindfulness of six senses. In this case, you can begin with sound. In this case, you become aware of hearing. It may be external sound or internal sound. Simply hearing. Beginning with awareness of sound is very, very important because it points towards your attitude towards any object that is going to arise. The object of the sound appears and you are present. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to make sound come or go, but you can be aware. So it points to the natural quality of mindfulness that you will need to apply to different objects. Hearing, without identifying the source of sound, simply hearing. And those sounds help us, can help us to really uh, shift our attention in case, let's say you feel your awareness is constricted as you observe the, the breath later on. You can always have that openness, open awareness, open to sound. From sound, we come back to the body, and that's another mindfulness the Buddha gave. Mindfulness of sitting posture. It's 
So simply be aware of the body sitting here. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to fix anything. You, 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 don't, want to, you don't have to fabricate anything. You are just paying attention to what's already happening. You are sitting here. The body is sitting and the mind knows that the body is sitting. That's it. Don't complicate it. It's that simple. But it's very profound. The body is sitting and the mind knows that the body is sitting. So from that general awareness of the body sitting here, you can be aware of different touch points as the body is sitting. The contact with the cushion. Whatever contact you can be aware of. See if you can be aware of any sensation, any sensations around that touch point. Sometimes there's warmness, coolness, or simply touch. This really helps you to be grounded in the body. Some people Maybe the body is not a good place to get grounded. That's okay. You can move to the breath. It's also called the body. But maybe it's easier than really feeling the physical body. See if you can pay attention now to the breath. As you breathe in and out, And be aware of the breath in a place where you can feel it more distinctly. Maybe at the nostrils. Maybe at the rise and the fall of abdomen. primary stage of the breath is at the nostrils. You can be aware of the breath as it, as it comes and in and go. Just like gatekeeper. Just noting. Visitors coming in and out without going with the visitors inside or outside. But simply be aware that this is coming and going. So the same thing. Just be aware when the breath comes in and out. See if you can sustain your attention from the beginning of in-breath to the end of it. From the beginning of out-breath to the end of it. Again, you are paying attention to what's already happening. You don't have to fix the breath. You don't have to make it longer. You don't have to make it shorter. But you can be aware. Just what you did with sound. Secondary stage of the breath is at the, at the rise and the fall of abdomen. So if that's not easy for you to watch the breath at the nostrils, you can pay attention to the breath at the abdomen level, rising and the fall of abdomen. As you breathe in, the abdomen rises. As you breathe out, it falls. You can be aware of different sensations of the breath. So you can choose one anchor and you get grounded there without toggling between the two. But whichever you use, see if you can 
feel very relaxed and comfortable. The anchor becomes your primary object of attention and the rest is secondary. This is sensations, sounds, emotions, feelings, whatever arises, you can always pay attention to what's arising. You don't have to fixate yourself to only one object. So then the principle of meditation, especially insight meditation, is to pay attention to what's arising in the present moment, whatever is arising in the present moment, whenever it becomes prominent. As you breathe in and out, maybe sound can take your attention, maybe pain, physical sensations can take your attention away from the breath. So we can pay attention to the sensations of sound and then come back with compassion, with gentleness, kindness. You can always come back. It doesn't matter how many times you come back. Whatever you you bring awareness, whatever awareness you have to any object, see if you can be aware of the changing nature of that experience. Is it arising? Is it passing away? Is it staying the same? Or is it breaking apart? So for the rest of the sitting, you can just play with that invitation.
Give your attention here and now in this present moment.
Thank you for your practice. The discourse that is unfolding for foundation of mindfulness, you can see the Buddha taught 21 ways of mindfulness. 21 ways of mindfulness. And 14 are dedicated to the body. That's why you see us really uh, emphasizing again and again the body, even when these instructions are already given. But, as I told you yesterday, they come with different flavors. Chocolate flavor, vanilla. <laughs> so, it doesn't hurt to repeat the same instruction, but with a different flavor. So, what I'm going to repeat is walking meditation. Some of us, we've been trained by different teachers and also we find our own practice that works for us. And we want to share this with you. So, already Winnie uh, talked about and demonstrated actually how to do walking meditation. It's very powerful practice. What I want to emphasize is that walking meditation is different from walking exercise. Walking exercise, you can keep on looking here, looking there. <laughs> so, but here we pay attention to, in a very specific way. We pay attention to our body. We pay attention to what's going on in our mind. There's one commentary to this sutta by Verba Soma where he talked about uh, walking and know that you're walking. Uh, in that commentary to this sutta, the author said that even dogs, horses, know that they're walking. I mean, dogs know that they're walking. What's the difference? Even other people don't meditate, they know that they're walking. What's so special? What are you doing that is different here? Is it the same or is it different? In that commentary, the writer draws some of the differences. One is, you know from moment to moment that you're walking. And even that distinction between walking and knowing that you're walking is already very powerful. The body is walking, and the mind knows that the body is walking. That's very profound. I don't know about you, but before I came to this practice, I would walk, and I don't know that I'm walking. You go to Walmart and all these things. And most of us, I think, that's what we do. We walk. The body is going to San Francisco. The, the mind is in Massachusetts somewhere. <laughs> we are, it's, that's how we are so... Uh, what to call fragmented. And even these days we are so much fragmented. We walk, the body is walking, and the mind is an iPhone <laughs> somewhere. And the way they made these gadgets, everything is I, 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 and we have infused our eye into everything. Very soon we are going to have eye robes. I watch, I this. So we get lost in these gadgets and we're walking, but we don't know that we're walking. So this practice is very profound that we know from moment to moment in succession, one intention after the other. And also this knowing is actually in a special way. One is actually in a very special way, unique characteristics as we walk, as we lift. What I is your felt sense as you're walking. Do you feel lightness, heaviness? It's really going down to your experience. Do you feel hardness as you, your feet touch the ground? Do you feel coolness, softness? That's very unique. 
walking. And also the universal nature of this is that what happened to this sensation? Is it changing, rising and passing away? Yesterday you had a talk about the arising nature of your experience, passing away nature of your experience, both rising and passing away nature of that experience. So it's really very involved, really. So don't rush through it like a knife through butter. Really, when you put your foot down, can you really feel the sensation? As you do that, you really get what you call insight knowledge into impermanence and even selfless nature of that experience. So walking is happening without a walker, really. You will really be aware of a series of uh, sensations and and you really just find out it's one after the other. Really, there's not this solid person walking there. On one level, of course, you're walking. We don't want to deny that. But really, you find out uh, your rhythm, and you really go through this walking experience, and you just say, wow, this is different, because you're more aware. So um, what, what I do when I do walking meditation is uh, there's at some stage where I have to turn. And I wanted to demonstrate this, but I don't have uh, a walking. Ah, yeah, I think that's very helpful. Let me demonstrate a bit. Okay, so when I do walking meditation, of course I'm holding this, but normally to help me be more composed. Otherwise, I'll be wobbling like this kind of thing. So then when I reach the, at that end, so I sneak in what we call standing meditation. <laughs> so I'll stay there for a while, standing, the body standing, and the mind knows that the body is standing. I told you that very profound. Most people are standing. Uh, the body is in San Francisco, actually, here, and Spirit Rock, and mind is in Uganda. I have so many projects in Uganda. <laughs> it can happen that way. You see Bante standing here, but it's just the body standing here, and the mind is in Uganda. So what I do is really to make sure that the mind is not in Uganda Boot Center with all its projects. I just stand here, breathing in and out. So then already I'm doing, I told you 21 ways of mindfulness. I've already put in my, another one, one of the 21 ways of mindfulness is mindfulness of the standing posture. And then I do what they call intention, another mindfulness too. So intention to turn. Right? So there's intention to turn. And then intention to turn. And I turn. So this is really, for me, very, very powerful because before I came to this practice, I would turn the white hand. I would turn the white hand. And this turning, I would think about chocolate, everything. I mean, with those moments, I would think so many things. But when I came to this practice, when I, I really bring that intention to turn, really, really you have to have this intention to turn. You just don't turn like this and this. So intention to turn. Intention to turn. Not ready, you know. Not ready to turn. I'm still enjoying my standing meditation, you know. Yeah, the intention comes. I'm ready to turn. Don't stay there for the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> the other yogis were fine. <laughs> they will say, well, what's this going on here? <laughs> so please have some intention in, you know. Work your intention in, you know. I don't say look at your watch, maybe one minute. No, no, just stand there just enough. Normally, I gauge myself with three breaths. Breathing in and out. Come on, breathing in and out. In and out. And then intention to turn. Then I turn in chunks. Right? And then I turn like this. And then I go. Please don't take, uh, don't really put, uh, do this intention and make a project out of them. Because it's going, you're going to be rest, restless. Intention to lift and the intention to move in. No, no, don't do it yet, that, that yet. You can really work through this as the concentration builds. The intention are going to come naturally. 
You really feel it that there is really intention before you placed. So I do that. And also, what's also very important for me in walking is sometimes thoughts come when I'm doing walking meditation. Don't think that thoughts are not going to come when you're doing walking meditation. Hindrances will find their way, you know. Then, um, especially emotions, you know. So what I do is that if there's any, uh, let's say emotion comes, let's say fear or anger comes, I'll just, if it's very slight thoughts of fear or anger or whatever, I'll just be mindful of it. But when it's overpowering me that I cannot really stay, um, put my attention on the feet touching the ground, then what I would do wherever it finds me, I'll just stop. Take a deep breath, three, uh, three like this, three deep breath and relax. And then just become aware of that emotion or hindrance using the methods that you're going to learn. I think Dara is going to talk about these methods of how to deal with hindrance, whether restlessness or worry or sloth and torpor or aversion. So you really actually apply those techniques that just noting, become aware of the emotion. That in itself can actually help the emotion to go away. Just not it. Fear, anger. That could be enough really for the emotion to go away. And then you continue on walking. So one thing you have to be aware of is not to make exaggerated steps like walking on the moon. Don't do that. Really be walk in a very dignified way. Really just know. Very gentle. And also avoid walking reverse. I've seen yogis on retreats at IMS, very creative, walking in reverse, of course, for obvious reasons. And also don't walk like this kind of things. Like this. For me, I've been teaching for a little bit, but from time to time, yogis surprise us. <laughs> the, really, actually, every time you teach, there will always be a surprise. Yes, a surprise would come, even people walking like this and then stepping like this. So please, really, this is really, you can get actually enlightened, enlightened by just doing walking meditation. I don't know if you know about Ananda's story, you know. <laughs> Though he didn't actually get enlightened when he was walking, but actually he did a lot of walking, and when he was about to lie down, he got enlightened. That's in between postures, before lying down and between standing. So enlightenment can happen anywhere. Please don't underplay, I mean downplay the, the practice of walking meditation. I think this is enough for now. Uh, so what is special knowing? Oh, one more thing. So uh, what I found out is that once you are on a longer retreat, when you just lift and place, lifting and placing and moving, sometimes you you get what they call low-grade awareness, whereby you're walking and you're really not right there. So what I do to avoid this kind of low-grade awareness, I really kind of import some of the teaching we find out in the 21 Ways of Mindfulness, which is the Foundation of Mindfulness. So there's what they call the four elements, right? So I would just become aware of a particular element as I w- I'm walking. So for instance, as I'm walking like this, when I'm lifting like this, I become aware of the lightness. When I'm moving, I become aware of the movement. And when I place, I become aware of the pressure. Again, this is not something theoretical. Oh, Bande, what do you say? Did you was was Bande talking about pressure, hardness? No, don't do that. It's right there. You don't have to think about it. So really, just tune into your awareness, lightness, the movement, and then the, when you praise, what really happens? Really, the felt sense of what's happening as you place the foot like this. There's hardness. Sometimes there's softness. So once I do that then I'm tuning into the another teaching which is called on the four elements. I'll give a talk about it and somebody will give instruction about it, but please just take one thing at a time. 
don't just look at all the four elements in one foot and then you say, wow, this is too hard for me. Just whatever comes. Remember to go to the baseline. The basic instructions is walk and know that I'm walking. If you really lose all these instructions, just keep it simple, just keep it real, and just keep it interesting. That's how I roll. Thank you very much. <laughs> so announcements again this morning. Um, we have post we posted pretty late last evening the practice meetings for today. So if you checked any time before the nine o'clock sitting last night started, you were still looking at yesterday's list. So um, check the list um, this morning, and uh, everybody should be have been seen either yesterday or today. And if you're not on the list today and you weren't seen yesterday, please let us know. Um, and then uh, today the movement practice begins, and so Lisa would like to uh, say something to us about that. Yes, so the mindful um, movement offerings start today. Um, there'll be options at 10.45 and 4.15. And so that's every day except Monday and Friday, which are the off days. And to start, uh, the invitation is to come to one rather than two um, sessions in a day to allow space for everyone. So the, the sessions will start with yoga and stretching and then work into a Qigong five-element flow. Both sessions are gentle with the morning one being maybe slightly more energizing in terms of the yoga options. Um, and everyone is as welcome as they are. Um, everything's modifiable and is offered as an invitation. And uh, there's a real encouragement to take care of yourself as you need to in order to be able to engage in the practice. Uh, the Qigong can be done standing or in a chair, and for the yoga, using a chair is um, is particularly uh, well well done, um, works well for the afternoon class, and can be easily adapted for the morning class as well. So I really want to serve as a guide um, in offering a moving meditation practice, time to be with what's present in the body, the heart, mind, and to take care so the sessions are in the upper walking hall, and so in addition to the stairs that leads there, there's an outside ramp, um, but it's on a bit of an incline. So if you could let me know if you can't access the room and you still like to engage in movement practice, and so then we can kind of uh, discuss what's available. And then if you could also leave me a note if there's any conditions or needs you have that would impact the practice so that I can... Uh, be aware of that and work with you for that. So I think that's uh, enough for now. Hope to see you there. Thank you. So the only piece I'll add is that if you um, have a, um, if you normally go to the morning movement session and you have a practice meeting scheduled during that time, then that day you're welcome to jump into the afternoon session. So so that you get a session that day. So, it's another beautiful day for practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.